the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The travelers journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. Wait, what? There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. Hey, it's Joseph. Hey, it's George. Wait, who Using did it? My... <laughs> <laughs> who done it? Sound, you, you sound guilty, that, George. The, you sound the guilty. The smell in here, I am pretty sure, is from Tom. <laughs> oh, Tom done it. <laughs> Mystery all. solved. Mystery solved. Welcome to episode 177, gang. Uh, and this one, we're talking about movies in which everyone is a suspect mm. and a uh, very suspicious activity here in the podcast studio today so uh, we will see so these are movies i think just movies right guys no no tv shows yeah that's right yeah yeah okay okay so I, I only have movies uh but movies in which everyone is a suspect uh and you have to watch the whole movie to figure out uh who who did it or it's not always it the or, butler it's not yeah. always the butler but i've got one that it is the butler so really uh, uh well maybe sorta um and our second topic mr johnson what food duos that's right food the yin and the yang duos. things <laughs> that you just go together they go together. It's like when you have one, you got to have the other. Like lamb and tuna fish. Mm. <laughs> Hot roast and meatballs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Great. So we are weird. That's pretty much straightforward rules there. We'll start with food duos. Yeah, how, I'm, I'm, how can we mess this up? But yes. stay tuned, folks. Because... <laughs> oh, George. <laughs> what is oh, George. your number five, Joseph? Have you food listened duos? to the show? Ever? <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you one up. of my one of my honorable mentions is going to be milk and chili. Just so y'all are <laughs> just so y'all are ready. <laughs> we'll be messed up. Somebody <laughs> will do it. Uh, Joseph, what's your number five? Okay, uh, if you're from the south uh, and you've had a night of drinking, then you're going to ha- uh, insist on having some chicken and waffles. Let's try right. chicken and waffles. Wow. Uh, is on the list because they go and this is one of those things that when you hear it you're just like no that's absurd but once you've had it you get it you know so uh, it's a southern dish uh have you guys had it oh yeah yeah good stuff 
So <laughs> must you be inebriated to partake? No, or? no. I think that's just how it sort of developed a little bit, you know, so because it, it's in the Johnson foods. household. Yeah. When right. you add syrup, does that make it a food trio? Do you oh. add syrup? Uh, well, the whole thing about it, you know, some people do. Some people have a preference that they have to have syrup with it, but some people don't. Like, uh, I get it. I've had it with syrup, and I like it, but I don't necessarily need it with syrup. Gotcha. All right. George, you're number uh, five. Okay, this one might be a little controversial, uh -oh. okay, but just sit tight. Ham and pineapple. So everybody has an opinion whether meat and pineapple belong together. I think it's a fantastic example of how meat and fruit can work together. This bridges <laughs> that 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 gap of meat and fruit. So ham and pineapple, my number five. I just right. want to live in a world where fruit and meat can get get along. You know <laughs> why do why do we have to take and and these sides like this? No, <laughs> ham and fruit or ham and, and pineapple, they belong together. Uh, mine is super traditional. It is cheese and crackers. So mainly nice. you have crackers and you have cheese. It works as an hors d'oeuvre, mainly at parties, but or as a, as a snack. Cheese and crackers doesn't matter what cheese it is. Doesn't matter what crackers you have. It's always a good pair. Cheese. I love and this. Crackers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not on my list, but uh, uh, this past Sunday that was I uh, had a little snack and uh, my wife bought these little cubes of of Gouda cheese yeah. and. Uh, they're on a search for what happened to them now uh, because I got some crackers and uh, just couldn't stop. So wonderful our, combination. So this this stands a chance of getting my vote. Good. Jim. And my, uh, my our friend Matt Stevens, our uh, he when he kind of got more religious in his life, he, he went from swearing to using this as a kind of a, of a substitute swearing. So he'd be like cheese and crackers. What was the <laughs> what was the other? Uh, I don't remember the other one. Melon, melon farmer. <laughs> and of course, shut the front door. Yeah. Uh, so, so a lot of substitute swearing, uh, you know, yeah, it's, but it's we better. knew, we knew what he was really saying. Yeah. I don't know what cheese and crackers. So I do what, know what, what was it? What melon farmer? I know melon that was farmer. what that represents. Cheese and crackers. What, 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 did, that what, did that, what, what was that Jim? What was melon farmer? I can't tell you on this show. Cause we are a very clean family show. So anyways, <laughs> Let's go ahead and uh, move on to movies where everyone is a suspect. Joseph, number five. Jim, I know you have this on your list because it's one of your favorites. Uh, from director Robert Altman, Godsford Park, uh, 2001. <laughs> uh, this is, it you is know, where we, <laughs> we examine uh, class struggles when a wealthy group of famous individuals gather in a prestigious hunting resort in the 1930s looking for some rest and relaxation then a murder ensues and everyone's a suspect i really like this i mean this I was like this, yeah, this, this was, was written by julian fellows who yeah, went on to do th Downton this Abbey. is yeah this is how doubt now became about godsford park you know so there you go i don't mind this yeah. movie either i with the movie i minded and everybody's guilty of if the you know everybody's guilty who did it is everybody who made shortcuts are guilty of making a horrible film. Mm -hmm. So including Robert, <laughs> Robert, Robert yeah, go, go check out for more footage on this. Uh, go check out our uh, Robert Altman uh, director episode. That's where a good you'll one. You'll hear 
all about how Jim doesn't understand shortcuts. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Julianne Moore Brilliant. has no pants Brilliant. on, and Matthew Modine is telling her to put her pants that on. That right there is worth the price of admission. That is folks. the most unrealistic scene in the, the movie history. The reaction that he has is like the worst acting ever. Yeah. Come on. Oh, my God. Put on your pants. Put <laughs> on your pants. Like, it's so stilted. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, sorry, George. I know that you like the film. What is your number five? Hang on, I'm I'm just replaying that scene in my head. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think I, I think we uh, never mind. Uh, my number five, a tricky psychological thriller from 2003. I don't know if you boys have seen this or not, but it's Identity. Oh, yeah. uh, Ten strangers I meet in this uh, remote motel on a dark and stormy night in Nevada. And there's a killer in their midst and picking them off one by one. Great cast. John Cusack is kind of in the lead. Uh, Ray Liotta, Amanda Pete, Rebecca De Mornay, Alfred Molina, uh, John C. Uh, McGinley, which I love anytime, you know, he pops up, uh, William Lee Scott. But um, it starts off as kind of this classic whodunit movie and then turns into something very unexpected that really keeps you guessing and, and engaged. Uh, but what I love about this movie, they film several endings to really shroud the big reveal at the end uh, of what was going on and everything. Have either of you seen this? Uh, I, I saw No, I haven't. I mean, I, know I don't remember it. it. I, I don't know remember it. it. I feel like I have seen it, but I don't remember it. Didn't they That's make a second of... one with Luke Wilson? Like identity uh, two. Who I don't you? know about that. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe so, but, uh, did I they release see... the multiple endings like they did with clue. No, they only filmed those that they, they were never intending to have multiple okay. endings, but the ending is such a big deal that, um, they, they filmed a bunch. So nobody, the crew wouldn't accidentally leak what, what really happened. Uh, so, they spent the time to do that to keep it under wraps and uh apparently kept it under wraps so well that uh neither one of you have ever seen it so. <laughs> all right so well I, Joseph, I don't, I don't want to say too much about it but but it does have i felt uh, a really fascinating ending from a story perspective but you guys might not like it but uh pretty pretty cool stuff i thought okay my number five joseph just mentioned come from 1985 came out and kind of flopped uh but became a cult hit and everybody talks about it to this day. It is, it is clue. The uh, version of the board game that does had three different endings in the theater. That was one of the kind of the gimmicks they had. Uh, they did add the, the Butler, Tim Curry, and they added uh, the, the um, made in the movie too, but everybody else is pretty much the parts in the board game, professor plum and Christopher Lloyd. And you have uh uh, Madeline Kahn. This is my number one. Madeline, Madeline Kahn. Kahn and, and of course, my favorite, Leslie Ann Warren. So, uh, George, go ahead. It's your number one. So kind of take Michael McKean, up. Martin yeah. Mull. Uh, you know, Leslie Ann Warren, though, she was a last minute uh, replacement. Do you know who originally she was going to be? That was going to be Miss Scarlet? No. Bat Miller. Carrie Fisher. Really? Oh, wow. Wow. That's, but that's, she yeah. she had to go to rehab. But yeah, based on the Hasbro game from the forties and the story, actually the story works pretty well for it to be based on a board game. Six strangers are blackmailed into attending a dinner at, a, at this mansion. 
uh, and then the murders begin and every single one of them could be the killer. And they, they are because they did film multiple endings, uh, like Jim said, and in the theater. So this was a John Landis thing. Uh, he thought, oh, this will be great. People will go back and see the movie over and over and over to yeah. see all the endings. Yeah, but A, B, no. and C. They had you had your choices. Yeah. A, B, or C. Yep. And uh they even had a fourth ending, but it was deemed uh kind of too dark. But but they filmed it. Uh it was scripted and shot. Um, uh, and the fourth ending is actually Wadsworth committed all of the murders out of a kind of this twisted need for perfection. And then he reveals at the end that he poisoned everybody with a slow acting uh, kind of toxin in their drink. And then he gets killed by those dogs. You remember those dogs at the beginning, uh, whenever he tries to, to get out of the, the house, but to play what might have been Jim, huh? I'm, hilarious. I'm oh yeah. I kind of wish I could see that ending. Uh, but, um, it was too dark for too 1985. Dark. Now it would fit right in, but, uh, uh what might've been who was originally considered for the role of Wadsworth. Tim uh, Curry was a friend of the director and helped his friend out, but, uh, who originally, and by the way, Tim Curry said out of all of his movies, this, this is uh, one of his favorite Michael Caine, John Cleese. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. That That's makes sense. So that, that would have been good. And another one, uh, Mr. Bean, uh, Atkinson, uh, was, oh, wow. was offered, but, but he wasn't, no, he wasn't well-known enough at the time, but, yeah. uh, yeah, this is, this is my number one. Interesting. So clue makes it in there. So we are back now to food duos, Joseph, number four, uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup. This is like a classic standard, like, you know, whenever you're just, every once in a while you get in that mood, you're like, yeah, I just have a grilled cheese and some tomato soup. It's like a good lunch. There we go. All right. So, George, what is your number four? My number four, this is a favorite in those autumn months. So cozy, warm as the temperatures begin to drop. Apple and cinnamon. So think of apple pies and baked goods, just apple and cinnamon. Very, very nice. There we go. All right. My number uh, four, classic peanut butter and jelly. So, I mean, it's definitely. Number one. Wow. My number one as well. Okay. I'll it's let you guys three. take over. Yeah, go ahead. I what just think, you, you know, there's something in the combination that this was nature's way of, of perfection <laughs> because you have that peanut butter, it gets your mouth like really dry, you know, and you need that jelly a little slippery there and all that. It's fruity where the peanut butter is salty. It has like the perfect combination, perfect texture, good stuff. There you go. George, I am just grateful to live in a time <laughs> that has peanut butter and jelly. Uh, because you know, if, if this were a few hundred years ago, no, you might have jelly, might have, you know, jelly, but no peanut butter. Or, you know, if you live before George Washington Carver, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have peanut butter, you know, the Egyptians <laughs> as sophisticated as these things that they built and all that, no peanut butter and jelly. So 
I am grateful that I live in the time of peanut butter and jelly. I predict that one day it will be B, P, B, and J, and A, P, B, and J (laughs) after peanut butter and jelly. That's how great it is. Very nice. All right. So that's good. PBJ is in. It's been a long day, boys. I'm yeah. sorry. I just, yeah, back to I, uh, movies. Everyone's a suspect. Joseph, what is your number four? Probably my most uh, recent offering to this uh, list would be Shortcuts. 2019's oh. Knives Out. My number, oh, my number three as well. Another three-way tie, boys. Yeah. This is this is this are brought back this genre murder mysteries you know to the forefront yeah Brian Johnson does a great job and where you know Glass Onion has super success it's really based off the strength of Knives Out I think oh, Knives yeah. Out a is a stronger yeah. stronger story stronger movie uh, just everything about it is great uh, gives us a great character of Daniel Craig you know. Uh, and so, yeah, that, that that's why I chose it. You guys want to add stuff to it? I mean, like you said, it brought it back. Christopher Plummer, the cast was great. And oh, had, yeah. Of course, uh, Daniel Craig, James Bond doing his Tennessee accent, doing his whole thing. <laughs> you know, is he is he Tennessee or Kentucky? Alabama. I thought it, I thought it was Kentucky. Okay, I thought Ken- it was Tennessee. I thought, oh, we'll, well we have to look it we'll up. Find out by the, the end of the show. We're we apologizing. Get yeah. to Tom, Tom get on it. Let's see who wins: Tennessee, Alabama, or Kentucky. Maybe it's Kentucky now. I'm thinking about it, but anyway. So yeah, uh, okay. uh, they described that as the American Perot. Uh, <laughs> That's but, right. Uh, the uh, the plot pretty simple. Somebody has cut the throat of best selling mystery novelist christopher Plummer on his 85th birthday and what i love about this is every so they're there the family's there for his birthday everyone has motive okay and uh they bring in daniel craig and uh he just goes to work uh everybody uh has motive except maybe uh from the nurse but uh did y'all see joseph i know you do you've got that super home uh theater setup that's actually better than most theaters did either of you see this in the theater no i did not no i saw i saw it twice and it was cool because in the theater there was a message from uh ryan johnson the director okay and he said you know you know thank you for for you know coming to see this movie please do not spoil the ending for your friends. Uh, and I thought that that was really cool. Uh, and once again, uh, this director kept strict control over how much each actor knew about the script. Uh, so they only saw what their, their characters were doing. Everybody was in the dark, uh, just like the, the people that they were portraying, uh, because there are those, uh, so in other words, there are the scenes where the detective interviews each of the family members. And that was, I guess, like a closed set or something where, you know, the other actors weren't invited to, to see what was going on, but uh great number three for me and Jim, uh, my number four, uh, we're going all the way back to 1974. Speaking of Perot, uh, it's Sydney Lumet's uh, Murder on the Orient Express. It's my number one, and, but uh, George, you know more my about number it, so one, too. Yeah. Your number one. Uh, no one chose yes. the Johnny Depp one? <laughs> <laughs> no, not Johnny Depp for me. Uh, I love this one. Ingrid Bergman, uh, 
Yeah. She actually won Best Supporting Actress in this. Lauren Bacall, brace yourself, folks. Sean Connery. <laughs> I'm in Murder on the Orient Express. I was uh, also in Dr. No. One of my favorites, Albert Finney, uh, as Perot. And he's on the Orient Express, uh, headed home. Uh, when a disliked billionaire is murdered en route. And, uh, you know, the, the thing about Agatha Christie, uh, as a writer, I was always fascinated when she would start these stories, the way that she would write them is everybody at the beginning of her story, all of her murder mysteries, they could be the killer. And one by one, she slowly fleshes out and gives them alibis. Uh, so where she didn't even know, until so many pages in who would would actually be it and this this movie here this 1974 movie was actually approved by her which is pretty impressive because she notoriously disliked uh most film adaptations of of her work but uh this one is very very faithful to the novel but uh my favorite line in the movie george is when sean Connery goes you want to murder him you got to murder him the orient expressway they come with there you a train, go. you'll come with a plane. So, you yeah, know, that's that was... what, that's what people tune in for folks that right there, <laughs> that and the occasional George C. Scott, uh, Rommel. <laughs> there you go, folks. Thank you very much. <laughs> Y'all want to murder on the Orient Expressway. Um, where are we? That's All right. right. So we're, we're on more, I believe we're on my duos. Yes. We're on my number four. So my, number Oh, I'm four. sorry. I thought that was no, my number four comes from uh, a screenwriter, Neil Simon. It's a parody of the whodunit movies from 1976, which featured Peter Falk, Peter Sellers, David Niven. <laughs> and I'm oh, talking yeah. about Murder by Death when you have Alec Guinness as a blind butler also in this. The first time I saw Alec Guinness before Star Wars as a kid, I was eight years old. when I, We were one of the early HBO getters, so I was able to see this one. Um, and of course, who actually was nominated for the award for Golden Globes for Best New Star, who played m- billionaire... Lionel Twain, I'm talking about Truman Capote within the movie. That's right. Playing yeah, Lionel yeah. Twain. And the whole plot of the movie is there's a murder in the house, and whoever solves it, he'll pay $1 million to whoever determines the killer. So, but it ends up being a real killing. And, you know, I won't get spoiled it for everybody, but it's a very fun ride with, uh, you know, because Peter this Falk is, is playing. Yeah, Peter yeah. Falk is playing a Humphrey Bogart. The reason that's probably not shown is because Peter Sellers is doing a take on Charlie Chan. So he's definitely in, uh, you know, in makeup that makes him look uh, Asian. Um, so then you have the couple of uh, with uh, David Niven and Elsa Lanchester, the British couple trying to, you know, she's like the Miss Marple kind of character. So take great takeoff on all the whole the whole genre from yeah, 1976. You get it all. You get it Murder all. Murder yeah. by death. And you had to put Truman Capote in a movie and then have him be nominated for best new star. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, nice oh, Tom just gave us a, a report on here about where Benoit Blanc is from. Yeah. And it says right here, I guess this was like some Wikipedia thing or something. It says that his accent comes from southern states of America, such as Alabama, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas. So that doesn't wow. help us at all. So where where's the character? Well, just from, not Tom? Tennessee. This yeah, I know. Tennessee, I'm, I'm, so. out, I'm out. No Tennessee in there. So, yeah. Uh, G Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and move on now to the food duos. Controversial one for me. I'll just tease in that right now. But Joseph, what is your Uh-oh. number three food duo? 
Uh, it goes together like peas and carrots uh, <laughs> from Forrest Gump. So I had to put it as my number three, peas and carrots. All right. George, your number th- uh, three. My number three, ultimate sweet and salty combination in caramel or caramel, depending on how you like that, uh, and sea salt or sea salt. Uh, <laughs> it's a great example of how opposites attract and uh, the that that sweetness with the sharpness of the salt. That is my number three. All right. My number three, before we take a break, very controversial selection. It's been mentioned on this show many times. It is canned corned beef hash and eggs, canned corned beef hash and eggs. Uh, <laughs> basically you take it straight, straight out of the can and put it straight onto the grill. Oh and my. Get it all nice and, 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 and grilled up. And then you, you put like, two eggs on there and make fry them right on top of the uh corned beef hash you're, you're eating like you're a hostage or something <laughs> <laughs> you choose to do this this is the most controversial selection or is it maybe the, well yes yeah, the most it's controversial. like it's like eastern europe you know 1960s that's <laughs> right beef, corned beef he's, in bun- he's in a bunker hasn't seen the light of day for three weeks but uh yeah corned beef hash the- and eggs. Even <laughs> even the rats are like, no, we're good. We're good. We're, we're we don't. I mean, it. even yeah. the scene is like in black and white. Like the yeah. memory of it is in black and white. Oh, one of those one of those like round just trays. It looks like a dog dish. It's a little you know. Shelf. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There there's a dripping of water in the background, but you can't really. I'm in out uh, where bird the bird of Alcatraz at Burt Lancaster. I'm in the next there cell. There we go. Be <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Give so us a, uh, give us a Burt Lancaster. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't do that. Uh, we're okay. on now to uh, intermission and Caitlin presents an ice cream truck that's kind of cool wow love this song Mm-hmm. there you go ice cream truck very nice you know what uh this is episode 178 and i'm shocked that we have not had that before uh this is episode 177 but thanks for playing along uh, <laughs> oh it's 177 yes it is did you not hear me announce at the beginning of the show 177 yes remember last episode when i said spirit of 76 even 
Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Sorry. Hey, okay. Can you, uh, yeah, in post, can you take... <laughs> why, what do you even do here? Oh, well, that's a good point. Okay, never mind. Uh, All right. Yeah. yeah, it's in. So it's there in. we go. All right, so we are on now back to movies where everybody is a suspect. Number three, Joseph. Uh, it's in the title, sort of. Uh, Brian Singer's 1995's The Usual Suspects. Uh, I felt like this was a different take on everyone's a suspect, kind of, because it's not necessarily a, a murder that they're trying to solve uh, as much as a, a frame-up, you know, a, a setup. And you're trying to figure out who's the mastermind behind it, and so they have all these usual suspects, uh, all these criminals and all that, and you're sort of guessing at the end, and it has a payoff at the end. So there you go. Kaiser right. Sose. Okay, yeah, George. Who is what, Kaiser Sose? What is your number three, George? Knives Out. So That's my also's number three. So we are back right. now to Food Duo's number two, Joseph. Uh, this is as American as you can get, burger and fries. You got to have your... Palm Fritz, if you're if you're in Germany, uh, your burger, your hamburger, and Palm Fritz uh, with it. Hamburger. And, and if you are, you know, hamburger, uh, hamburger, feeling uh, a little bit uh, patriotic, you call them Freedom Fries rather than oh, French geez. fries because those stupidest thing ever, yeah. dumbest <laughs> thing ever, ever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so burger and fries. Are you are you a, a straight fry or are you crinkly cut? You know what? The, I, I I have I have such an appreciation for the French fry itself. You, you swing both ways, okay? I I like crinkly. I I like shoestring. I like you know like Freddy's. Uh, I like their shoestring uh, fries. Uh, obviously, the only reason why I go to McDonald's is for the French fries. Oh yeah. Uh, itself but uh yeah that the, you know sometimes potato wedges good you know uh but really potato wedges don't go with burgers they got to be like french fries what about arby's burgers. potato cakes now now no longer on the menu oh no <laughs> <laughs> all right george what's your number two timeless combination boys peanut butter and chocolate oh wow you've That's got that that nutty richness of of the peanut butter. It, you it's got your peanut out by butter, that, my chocolate. No, you got my chocolate and your peanut butter. That uh, taste of of chocolate, an outstanding duo. My number two, not as good as PB and J, but a close second. Peanut butter chocolate. All right, there you go. My number two is. Um, very simple, very plain. Uh, it, it can, you could add more to it, but sometimes corned beef hash. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sometimes it's just good with the baked potato and butter, just regular butter on it, not loaded with everything else. It's a great food combination, relatively healthy if you're using margarine or whatever. But baked potato and butter is <laughs> starch and fat. Starch and fat. There you go. Yeah. Well, if you don't need anything else, just have a potato. <laughs> So there you go. Baked potato butter is my number two. We're back now to uh, number two movies where everyone's a suspect. What you got, Joseph? Uh, you know, we talked about Knives Out sort of reviving the uh, the the whodunit, the murder mystery genre and stuff like that. 
I feel like Wes Craven revived the horror, you know, uh, film in 1996's Scream uh, because it was it was like who is this killer coming out there? Everyone's a suspect, and since it's 1996, I don't mind giving it away. There's actually two people involved. It's not Spoiler. one person involved. Uh, and, and I thought that really sort of reinvigorated the whole like teen, you know, splatter type kind of a movie. So scream 1996. All right, George, you're number two guys. I think we all knew this was going to happen when the home office sent this fax uh, to us, uh, 1982 (laughs) based on the short story, who goes there by the great John uh, W. Campbell (laughs) thing. The thing. Uh, wow, I was just Russell. joking. That's it. You wow. know, you know, this was going to happen. Come on, it's charged. Uh, oh, I was just, I was just joking. Wow. Kurt was, Russell not... is a helicopter pilot. R.J. McCready uh, re- uh, works for a research team in Antarctica, and they have a thing. They have this creature. They're hunted by this little, well, not little, but this shape shifting alien that mimics the appearance of of its victims and. Eventually, the whole team is going nuts. Uh, they're using blow torches on each other and destroying their whole research facility, barricading themselves, tying each other up, taking blood samples and whatnot. Uh, and John Carpenter, out of all of the great John Carpenter movies, you know, Halloween, Escape from New York, and They Live and all that, he said this is his favorite. This is his favorite. So, yes, of course. It's the thing from 1982. I think uh, episode 177 uh, is sort of a special thing now because this is where the thing overtakes uh, George's favorite choice of a movie over Blade Runner. I think uh, the thing has been mentioned more times than Blade Runner at this point. (laughs) Well, you know, we we had the hot cold episode. Uh, (laughs) We had uh, Kurt Kurt, Kurt Russell episode. So, yeah, it's a it's a favorite. I, I watch it often. And speaking of that, um, the, isn't the, the anniversary coming up? The anniversary, uh, June the twenty first. Uh, so it just passed. But every June twenty first, uh, there's a British uh, Antarctic research station. They watch the thing as a part of their midwinter feast and celebration. So uh, just happened uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, June the 21st. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. My number two is a 1988 movie that kind of bent the whole thing, the line between uh, cartoons and film. It's Who Framed Roger Rabbit where uh, cartoon star Roger Rabbit's framed to killing the head of the studio after there's pictures taken with him, you know, playing patty cake with his wife, Jessica Rabbit, uh, which leads uh, Bob Hoskins, the detective on the whodunit uh, tour, only to find out the person who is actually looking for Roger Rabbit, the the judge, Judge Doom, played by Christopher Lloyd, in the end ends up being... Professor Plum. Yes. (laughs) Ends up being the one who is, uh, spoiler alert, being the one who's actually the villain the whole time in the movie so he's a tune yeah (laughs) yeah i'm sorry so basically uh you have that kind of whodunit you have a bob hoskins kind of going around the movie interviewing a bunch of different cartoon characters and humans and stuff like that but we finally find at the end that 
the actual police man, the Judge Doom, is the uh, is the real villain. So, as a groundbreaking movie with all the uh, cartoons oh, yeah. in real life, yeah, I got to put it in for my number two, Who Framed Roger Rabbit by Robert yeah. Zemeckis and the crew. So that is my two. On now to number one, Food Duo. What you got, Joseph? I'm done. I'm done, guys. George, number one, Food Duo. Can I just say how grateful I am to live in a time <laughs> where PB&J, peanut butter and jelly, is so accessible that's right, that's to me, one, right? my friends, and family. Yeah, that's going to be my number one. All right. My number one. What are you doing with going that on back, your head? I, I've, I've got my, my card at my head here, kind of like just you know thinking about this. Going back to my Italian heritage, number one, spaghetti meatball. Oh, uh, my honorable mention. Yeah. yeah. So spaghetti meatball makes it as number one. It was cheap back in the day. I mean, you can add meat sauce or Italian sausage or whatever, but the classic is the spaghetti meatball. And that's how people know it. I mean, Lady in the Tramp ate it. I mean, it's, it's good classic. enough for dogs, Jim. Good enough good for enough dogs. For yeah. It's good enough. For Jim me. still pushes the meatball with his nose, by the way. Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do. And I still do the whole, you know, the, with the wife, we do the whole spaghetti thing. Uh, <laughs> she's sort of annoyed at this point. Yes, yeah, she it. is. He's like, really again? <laughs> to, to be truthful, uh, Raquel, he actually just starts slurping off of her plate. So yeah, she's not, <laughs> she's not a willing participant. Uh, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, right, yeah, this stands a really good chance, Jim. This is on my honorable mention. So good. Good. What about, I what could. about corned beef hash and eggs? Uh, never uh, no. in a thousand years. <laughs> never. Right. Never, I tried never. to do I tried to do sausage and cheese for sausage cheese balls, but you can't. Can I say up. that I regret that I live in a time <laughs> where corned beef and hash and eggs is yeah. a thing? Can I try I to work in sausage to... sausage uh, sausage cheese balls, but you no, need sausage no. cheese and bisquick, so it doesn't work as a food combo. No. Um. All right. Number one movie where everyone is a suspect. Mine was Orton Express. I. Th- think yeah yeah so i'm done what, what what about you joseph done george mine w- mine was clues so i'm all done so they're oh. oh really already there is no apology this week guys once again we did a great job no one's complaining wait a minute i get no, hammered like four weeks in a row and there's no apology no, well, yeah, I guess you didn't screw up this week, Joe. So I uh, know it's completely it's a good thing, right? <laughs> it's a good thing. Do, do we have to still listen to all the music? I think so. I think we gotta let I like go. the music. It's almost like intermission. All right, it's gone. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and take a vote. Let's start with the movies first, since we got three already. George, you want to lay them? Lay them well, down? I've I've got some honorable mentions that okay. I'd like to to put out there. Uh, the Hateful Eight. That's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's it's kind of like the thing in a, in a lot of ways to me, that kind of isolation uh, backdrop and everything. Uh, and then Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I'm talking about not the 1956 one, but the 1978 uh, with, um, uh, oh, geez, um, Sutherland uh, uh, in there and oh, yeah. Leonard gotcha. Nimoy. Gotcha. Uh, so do y'all have any honorable mentions on that? I just have uh, for food duos liverwurst and crackers, or uh, Braunschweiger and crackers. I have I have soup and crackers, spaghetti and meatballs, and just to be annoying, chili and milk. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> chili and milk. All right, 
Very good. All right. So, so George, if you want to take us through the world of movies, we got three. All right. Yeah, we're we're over halfway there, boys. Um, Murder on the Orient Express, the 1974 version. You got a Murder on the Orient Express. There we go. Uh, (laughs) Knives Out. You want to give us a Kentucky, Mississippi? Where we got a lot of people here to interview. (laughs) except for tennessee except for tennessee Uh, so we we had uh three-way matches on both of those and we had a two-way match on what has become a cult classic from 1985 clue all right what we have to choose from who framed roger rabbit scream the usual suspects murder by death go ahead oh what uh i don't know which one to do on that one Oh, oh, Truman Capote. Truman yeah, Capote here to gather yeah. here to find out who's going to solve the murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so awful. Yeah, I guess that was uh, Truman Capote. <laughs> mur- mur- murder by death, Godsford Park, The Thing, and Identity, which neither of you guys have seen, so I don't, I don't think that stands a chance. But uh, you should check it out. Uh, I, I would be curious... I, I don't know that you would be satisfied with the ending or not. So I, I would like to know what you think of it uh, if you get a chance to watch that. So um, for the record, I have nothing, nothing against Gosford Park. I did see Gosford Park, but I, I, I do have something against shortcuts. So, OK, well, let's do Gosford Park because that that would be. I certainly can. Gosford Park there. is melting in the dark different, with the people in the whodunit room. <laughs> somebody stabbed somebody in the back. I don't think that I can take it because it took so long to make it. And Robert Alpin will have made that movie again, again. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> uh, so, Joseph, what what do you think? Uh, I think that a movie that brings Donald Duck and Daffy Duck together in the same uh, scene uh, has to be there. Yeah. Yes, you know. yes. Okay, uh, so here's I was about to make my, my case for murder by death by singing murder by numbers instead. Murder by death, one, two, three. Got Peter Falk in it, and Peter Sellers too. But that, you know, uh, Roger yeah, Rabbit's that, good. That, would, that wouldn't have helped. Uh, so we end up with <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Gods for Park, Clue, Knives Out, and the Orient Express. That's got a murder on the good... Orient Expressway. They came at with you, you know with what? a plane, you come at that with a train. <laughs> <laughs> but but look at this. We we've got a pretty good uh, cross sampling from several decades uh, yeah. without even trying. That that's uh that's pretty interesting. Okay, now the harder work. Food duos. The only match we have, which is a three way match because it is the greatest ever. Uh, PB and J. What we have to choose from: spaghetti and meatballs. Butter and baked potato, which I personally <laughs> felt was a little thin. Uh, burgers and fries, corned beef, hash, and eggs. I will not <laughs> no eat way. them on a train. I will not eat them in a plane. I will not eat your corned beef, hash, and eggs. Uh, peas and carrots, grilled cheese and tomato soup. That's a contender there, boys and girls. Uh, cheese and crackers, chicken and waffles with or without syrup, uh, peanut butter and chocolate caramel and sea salt apple cinnamon and ham and pineapple i just noticed on mine there's an element of sweet in every single one yeah. of them uh, <laughs> yeah. so sweet. that's uh um, i got george I got is a diabetic <laughs> we well, some well you know i originally had i actually had a um 
I originally had French fries and ketchup as my number one. So I guess that would be an honorable mention if that can change anything. But since I, I guess since Joseph has burger and fries, that's the only reason I mention it. Are, are you fries and ketchup. throwing a vote towards burger and fries or? I'm just saying that, that that's an honorable mention. I did. Not I mention. would like burger and fries to be included because I think that that's like a natural, like you really don't just so get a burger. Here, yeah. The thing is, Joseph, Jim and I talk about, Yours, you, you don't get to vote for yours. Your submission yes. is voting I, for I, yours. But uh, what like, I'm saying like is, you hey, both, Jim, Jim does a whole dissertation trying to get his stuff. Like I'm saying, he, Joseph, uh, you, I, you know, I put corned beef hash and eggs out there, and uh, you know, George geez. will discuss extensively to see if it goes in there. So let's let's go ahead and do that now, <laughs> Joseph. Let's discuss corned beef and hash and well eggs. i was just gonna put in spaghetti meatballs so i was just oh, okay. <laughs> gonna get right. to the quick yeah <laughs> okay well let's one. let's do that so we've got uh burgers and fries spaghetti and meatballs pb and j what else gentlemen i do like the peanut butter and chocolate but that's two two mentions of peanut butter but i didn't think about that in a uh but very form. very different uh it, it's like an actor playing two different roles, much like how we it's, talk it's about also known as, James uh, Bond being, you know, Reese's knives out here. Re- Reese's peanut butter cup. They <laughs> yeah. made a whole commercial yeah, about that. You put food, my right? chocolate in your peanut butter. You put yeah. your peanut butter in my chocolate. So um, I'm okay with that, though. Uh, that and then, I, you know, I say cheese and crackers. Yeah, it's cheese a and crackers. Well, y'all know how I feel. I told you, I, yeah. you know, that cheese just, and crackers uh, is a good one. So here we are, one final entry. We've got four, one final entry for the future. You Corby need to eggs. you need <laughs> to take this seriously, guys, because this, as we know, there's not very much in the future. Uh, so we're we got to represent here, y'all. Who had the sandwich and soup as an honorable mention? Who? You know what? Since we can't decide, I'm going to pick like a card out of a. Thing real quick. Let's show you guys what it is. <laughs> I don't think this is the way this random. It's Corby Pash. Well, I pulled Corby Pash. Can you believe it? Out of all the ones in there, it's crazy, huh? I'm about. I'm about to erase it off our drive. You know what? Marker board here. I'm going. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go for ham and don't. pineapple. Oh, okay. I, really? I thought you were gonna do corned beef. All right. So Same there we thing. go. Ham pineapple. Same thing. <laughs> Well, whatever you got to tell yourself. So what yeah. we end up with, folks, ham and pineapple, PB&J, the great PB&J combination, cheese and crackers, wonderful, burger and fries, and spaghetti how can you live without spaghetti and meatballs? Yes. Uh, so that's a good, good list. I think that's a good list. Great. So I think that's awesome. That's it. Crispy code. Well done. This, this where you need to go to one. for all, all of our information, uh, merch and a whole lot more. Now it's ceremony time. We're going to shoot this up in the air and it's back already. Get shovels out. Joseph, that's mine. That's my shovel. Okay. Here, oh, this, this sorry. sorry. It does have a G on it. Yeah. Really? You got your engraved shovel. That's interesting. Tom did it for me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you got these ratty old shovels and you have like a big G on yours. That's kind of crazy. Anyways, it is it is episode one seventy seven or one seventy eight, <laughs> depending. It's like, it's like Airport seventy seven, you know. Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. The airplane is underwater. Yeah. <laughs> the, the show is underwater. Water. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, George. I believe it's time for your ending of the show with no interruptions by Sean Connery, Truman Capote, or anybody else. 
I'm kind of hoping for Roger Rabbit. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Remember, there's always tomorrow. You want to get Roger Rabbit? You do it the Roger Rabbit way. You kill him <laughs> up in the rabbit hole. Or yeah, is there? Be- that's a beautiful idea. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible Cooper the Sorry, Sorry to the state of Cooper the <laughs> 